Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. And believe it or not, my name is Ray. And I'm going to be the one talking football with you. Before we cut to the show, you need to remember that we are talking about a kid's game that's played by grown men. So sit back, relax, don't take yourself too serious, and let's have a little bit of fun in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Zero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Talking Football with Ray. My name is Ray, and that means that I'm the one who's going to be talking football with you. We're about 45 minutes away from watching a gigantic Monday night football game between the New England Patriots and the Buffalo Bills. Both the AFC East and the number one seed in the AFC are on the line. Before we watch that game, you have to listen to me and my Monday night guest co-host, Connor Carney. Take 30 minutes or so of your time giving our uneducated opinions on the state of the NFL this Monday, November the 6th, 2021. Tonight, we're going to answer the following questions. Were the Ravens right to go for two points against the Steelers? Should the Chargers and Bengals be taken seriously? I got a question. Is the Chargers head coach Brandon Staley the future of the NFL? The time has come to stop criticizing Bill Belichick after losing to the Lions is it time for the Vikings to give up on their season and can the Miami Dolphins actually make the playoffs I'm sure Connor has a lot to say about this so I'm going to cut away so you can hear from my sponsor over at Symbol and when I come back I'll be with Connor and we'll start talking some football Hey guys, let me just take a few seconds here and tell you about my sponsors over on Symbol. If you've thought about investing in the stock market, but you're worried about making an investment because maybe you don't know enough about investing, or perhaps you're just not ready to put your money into crypto, why not invest into something you know all about, and that's the sports market. Symbol brilliantly combines sports betting and investment into all-in-one place. On Symbol, you can invest in your favorite teams like the New England Patriots or take a long-term investment on teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars. Show your sports know-how by buying, trading, and selling shares in all of your favorite college, NFL, Major League Baseball, and NBA teams. You can also earn money for every win. You can invest in-season or out-of-season. It's up to you. Buy small, sell big. This is not some week-by-week gambling site where you can drop a wager on one game. This is your chance to be in it for the long haul. Be cautious, be aggressive, be a homer. It doesn't matter. Symbol is there for you to find the value and try to make you money. 
Symbol is offering an absolutely crazy promotion that I think they're insane for offering. However, click the link that I've left in the description and use the promo code DPN and Symbol will allow you to make a completely risk-free deposit up to $500. Use the promo code DPN and your deposit will be risk-free for 90 days, meaning if you lose money, don't like the market, don't like the website, whatever reason, you can withdraw your entire initial deposit no matter what. So go check out what I think is the coolest gambling and investing site in the world. I've left the link to the symbol website in the description below. So I suggest you go check it out and show the world your sports know-how and how savvy of an investor you really are. Go check out symbol by using the link that I've left in the description and make sure that you use that promo code and that promo code DPN and make a 90-day risk-free deposit for up to $500. And we're back live here on Talking Football with Ray. We're live on Twitter. We're live on YouTube. Of course, you can find my content all over the internet. You can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Newsbreak, Patreon, all of the podcast networks, Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And, of course, you can find the podcast and my blogs over at DeanBlundell.com. Make sure you check out both my YouTube channels, Talking Football with Ray and NFL News with Ray. Make sure to come check out my exclusive content on the Rate Route Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash DPN Sports. Links are in the threads and description. No matter how you're watching or listening, make sure you hit that like button. And if you haven't done it yet, follow me on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, subscribe on the podcast. Connor, I think I there is nobody on this planet in the football content world that is better at self-promotion than me. However, how are you doing? It feels like a playoff game today. New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills, it's snowing, it's windy. Apparently the fucking kickers can't kick it more than 30 yards and it's <laughs> flying all over the place. This could be a bad night for Nick Folk. Could be a lot of fourth downs. But I'm going to tell you right now, I've got an energy running through me as a New England Patriots fan, rocking 54. I got love the it. Red sleeves for Judon. I'm ready I for this it. game. Before we get into the stories tonight, dude, as a Pats fan, does this feel is this this is a playoff game? No, does this not feel like a fucking playoff game today? Like my energy's <sighs> been like that all day. I, I mean, it's it's the biggest game of the year, bar none, obviously. This is going to have huge implications. Obviously, the Patriots have a big stretch here. It's going Buffalo, Colts, Buffalo, and then they finish up with, obviously, a Jaguars team that's a laydown, and then Miami, who's going to be extremely tough, one of the toughest teams. So it's just so important because I forget what the statistics even said. It was like the Patriots' chances of making the playoffs go to like 98% if they win tonight. It's like 70-something for them to win the AFC East. I mean, this is just a, a huge rival game. For them to go on the road and win, would, it would just be astronomical. You want to know what the difference between a win and a loss for the Patriots tonight is? Yes. A win is the number one seed in the AFC. Yep. A loss is the number five seed. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's just massive implications. And then after tonight, there's just it, qu- it quickly runs out of time to make that ground back up. After this, there's only four games left in the regular season, so... I, this is a huge tone setter for both, and plus they're already up. They already have a game up on on Buffalo. Plus they're going to get to play Buffalo next time at Gillette Stadium. This could be a huge nail in the coffin if they beat them. I got nerves in my belly. I'm going to be honest with you. The butterflies are flapping. Yeah, I I completely agree. I think it was uh, Hanif on Twitter who said to me anxiety. He was saying that he is uh, excitedly nervous, and I think that's the perfect way to describe it. Yes, I need you to do me a favor, Connor. Yes. If the New England Patriots were to lose this game, I need you to come on with me on Wednesday because I can't handle Mario on my own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I think I could do that. I think I could do that. I, I was watching on Wednesday night. He wasn't too bad. He was pretty he good. He wasn't. However, I am doing the hashtag post game tonight. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> that so could anybody... be awesome or horrible. 
Yeah, it could be. If anybody wants to watch me, I will be with hashtag of a 20 minutes after the game over on hashtag sports uh, doing the post game with them. I don't know why I said yes. I said yes on <laughs> Sunday when I was like relaxed watching Red Zone. I was like, sure, yeah. no problem. Now I'm like, fuck. Yeah, that's, <laughs> you know? that's, that's going to be something. Oh, man. But if they win, it'll be fun. It will. Okay. I got six stories we got to go through. We've already used up seven minutes and 34 seconds. Game starts a quarter after eight. You and I both don't want to be on here after that. Can we get into it? Yes, sir. I am ready. PG when the banners are on. Yes, sir. So the Baltimore Ravens were the top of the AFC, Connor, heading into yesterday's game against the Steelers. A lot of people believe the Steelers season was probably done. They're playing very soft, coming up against a hard Baltimore team. And then with like two minutes left in the game, the Steelers take the lead. And then everything goes awry. The Steelers kick the ball. Or, uh, I think Boswell is the kicker, kicks the ball out yep. of bounds. The Ravens start at the ball at the 40-yard line, drive the field, 12 seconds left, score the touchdown. John Harbaugh elects to go for two points. Lamar Jackson misses a wide open. Mark Andrews, game over. Pittsburgh wins 20-19. to 19. Let me tell you some of the reactions from around the league, and then I got a question for you, okay? Yep. So this guy, Rich Atkins, says, the Ravens controlled possession the entire game, only scored a touchdown. The offense is to blame fully for this game. Uh, Colt745 says, the Ravens coach made a selfish call by not kicking the field goal. Everyone knows to give the team a chance in overtime. The two-point conversion was a terrible call. This win was very important, and he played it like a preseason game. Brandon Ace says, I'm not mad about the play calling because I don't believe that we are going to win in overtime, to tell you the truth. A Gwen Stan account says, is there anyone to blame on this play? It's TJ Watt for being so good. Uh, had it been anyone else, Lamar and Mark would have connected and scored. And I think that's a fair point. TJ Watt had a great game. He was right in Lamar yeah. Jackson's face. And then Peter says, this is completely Mark Andrews' fault. You got to step up in the biggest moments. And clearly he couldn't. Really a shame. So I saw blame go on Lamar for the bad throw. I've seen credit go to TJ Watt. I saw John Harbaugh get blasted. I saw Mark Andrews get blasted. I saw a lot of different things today. Let me ask you, were the Steelers right or wrong? Now, I know hindsight is twenty twenty, but in that moment, yep. were the Steelers right or wrong to go for two? Or do you believe if the Steelers go out there, or were the Ravens right to go for two? And if the Steelers go out there and win that coin toss, Baltimore probably loses anyways. What's your thoughts on the call? Personally, while I, I was watching that game live, I was absolutely shocked that they were going to go for two. I thought that that was a mistake. I, I absolutely positively would have kicked it and went to overtime. I mean, it was very difficult for them to get points versus the Steelers' defense. They went down there. They made that great drive. They put them in a position to go to overtime and potentially win the game. I mean, it was a very low-scoring game. It wasn't like the Steelers' offense was really dominating. They had a couple good drives in the fourth quarter, but I think it ended up being 20-19. to Because outside of that, I, I think the Steelers had three points at halftime. So for them to to go for two, I mean, obviously it was a very gutsy decision. I understand they're just going to try and end the game right then and there. I personally would have kicked the extra point all day long and went to overtime. And I, I'm not surprised they, they didn't convert. I mean, it, it wasn't a great throw. Andrews probably could have maybe caught it. It was a combination of the two. But I would have never even taken that opportunity to begin with. Yeah, when I saw Harbaugh put up the two, sign to go for two, I was absolutely shocked. I thought, Me why too. don't you kick the field goal, go into overtime? Uh, but it's one of those moves, though, right? If they score that two-point conversion, he's a genius today. Right. right. We, we think back to the yep. Bill Belichick call against the Colts, going for it on fourth down, not trusting his defense. Uh, fault coming out like half a yard short, and right. the Patriots end up losing the game. Uh, let me ask you this, though. John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, Mark Andrews, or a great play by T.J. Watt. Who's to blame or who's to be credited for that play? 
Oh, man. When you look at that, it's one of those where it's like D, all of the above. It was a great play. I mean, Mark Andrews could have caught it. It wasn't a good wasn't a good throw by Lamar Jackson. He he didn't look great yesterday, but I'm going to blame if I have to pick it on somebody. I'm going to blame Harbaugh. I just don't think it was a good decision. It did not work. He didn't give his team the opportunity to play for overtime. He went for it right then and there. And I mean, there's no way Justin Tucker misses that extra point. Let's be serious. They they could have gone to overtime and and you know won the coin toss, went down and scored. And if not, it's not like the defense had no chance of stopping the Steelers. Yesterday, one of the games I had an eye on, and I think a lot of uh, football fans had an eye on, was the L.A. Chargers versus Cincinnati Bengals. Two sort of marquee games or, or marquee teams. It was definitely a marquee matchup. Two teams fighting for a playoff spot. Two young quarterbacks in their second year. Obviously, Joe Burrow, the first overall pick last year. And then you had on the other side, Justin Herbert, who was drafted in the fifth round. It was a very sloppy game. The Chargers had a 24-0 lead, I think, at one point, or a 24-point lead. Yep. Almost gave it up in the third quarter. Joe Burrow hurts his fingers. The game ends up being a little bit of a blowout. I think it turns out to be 41-22, but that score didn't really rectify or sort of, yeah, it didn't really show what the game really was. Right. Uh, so then Good Morning Football puts out today, do you trust either the Chargers or the Bengals? And I thought that was a really good question. And I'm going to just read some of the responses to that and, and what they said. So Dylan said, I like Staley and Herbert a lot. Love both, both these teams futures, but got to trust the chargers way more at this point. And I kind of do trust them. They have the playmakers on defense to make a difference. Hopefully they do it. Uh, 4.0 says, I don't trust either one. Don't know much about either team to though, to be fair, but that's mainly due to the inconsistent games and plays. Would trust the Chargers more over the Bengals if they didn't go for it on fourth down so frequently. More complete team on defense. R just says, I think they're both very similar teams in my opinion. They can both, both make deep runs if they stay consistent, but you can literally say that about every team in the league. Now, as I mentioned above or before, Joe Burrow did sprang his finger, uh, but Ian Rappaport was reporting this morning that Joe Burrow is determined to play through his dislocated finger. So he didn't sprain, he dislocated Ooh, okay. his finger. And then um, here was a reaction to that. Not PFT bot says it's great to see him do the right thing and play through pain. I hope he's able to heal well and that he's the only one out there uh, with a dislocated finger. Good for him. And the response to that came from Nicholas Ray, who said yes to no, a messed up finger on their throwing hand can really mess with the quarterback. And there's a certain point that playing through an injury is cool and all, but if it's hampering you that badly, you aren't actually helping the team by being a tough guy. So, I don't trust either the Chargers or the Bengals, but I do give credit to Joe Burrow for playing through the dislocated finger. However, it's a throwing hand. I think it's going to affect him. But let me throw the question to you. Do you trust either team, one of the teams, both the teams to make a deep run? And what do you think of Joe Burrow getting it out and playing with a, with a dislocated finger? I, I think both teams are pretty good. I think they're solid. I think we'll probably see both of them in the playoffs. I would be very surprised if they made deep runs. I, I think that they're going to probably be wildcard weekend, you know, one and dones, or maybe move on to the second round. But I don't see either of these teams representing the, the AFC and the Super Bowl. I don't see either of them making it to the AFC championship. I think they're good teams and they should be taken relatively seriously. If they get very hot at the right time at the very end of the season and kind of, you know, go on a streak, we've obviously seen that happen. But I, I don't predict either one of them are going to make it as far as the AFC championship. As far as Joe Burrows, I did see that. I saw that he was having a lot of uh, issues with, I think it was his pinky finger. So now I know it was dislocated. Uh, obviously tough. Um, I mean, good for him for playing through it. I, I don't know. He, only he can tell you if it hampered him that much. And you get kind of into the situation where it's a catch-22 where you don't want to sit out and hurt your team. You want to be out there helping your team win. 
But sometimes if you're that injured and you're really not going to be able to play to the best of your ability, I mean, you playing at 70% might not be as good as your backup playing at 100%. So only he could really answer that, obviously. But, I mean, good for him for playing through it. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes it's better to just rest. Okay, so I do want to stick with the Chargers. During that Chargers-Bengals game on Sunday, Joey Bosa left the game, went into concussion protocol, and he was cleared. Now, I found this really interesting. I didn't learn this until this morning. Maybe none of us did. No, this came out last night. But Daniel Popper tweeted this out. He said, Joey Bosa was cleared of a concussion, but Brandon Staley said he decided to keep Bosa out of the game because of his concussion history. Quote, as long as I'm the head coach here, Staley said, I'm going to be making decisions like that in the best interest of our players. And the reaction was beautiful. Courtney Ramsey said, as someone who's had a concussion where I felt completely normal five seconds after getting hit, only to wake up the next morning, slurring my words and not cleared for school for two and a half weeks, I appreciate the caution. I will never fault a coach for acting in the best interest of his players. Jeff, the gamer guy who is a Raiders fan, says it's nice to see someone actually give a damn about their players. Pete Anatelli is a Jets fan says chargers have a real one. I love this. Sometimes you got to protect the player from himself. David Manzo says Asante Samuel jr. Had a couple over the last three week period and Staley is making the correct call to keep Bosa healthy for the end of the year. Team had to step up in his absence and they did. HBJ says got to give props to the coach putting their immediate team interest concussions, even minor ones are compounding and can have devastating effects over the long term. And Alex says the NFL health protocols are such a joke. It's nice to see a coach care. Look back at Devonte Adams going back into a game when something was obviously wrong and Daniel Jones playing a week after he could barely walk. Now the main concern taunting. And yes, <laughs> we've, we've seen lots of that. We just talked about the play through the plane, the pain with, uh, you know, playing with a dislocated finger on the on the Bengal side with Joe Burrow. However, here's Joey Bosa, obviously one of the important pieces to the Chargers uh, in an important game that they have to win. He gets cleared from concussion protocol. Brandon Staley's just like, nope, I'm taking your health into consideration. Brandon Staley has come out. His interviews have been fantastic this year. He's open. He's transparent. He's spoken for the players. He's spoken on social justice. There's been so many things about him. If the Chargers can find consistency, and I think this is the big keys, but if they can find consistency over the next years, if they can compete, they don't have to win a Super Bowl, but compete and find consistency. Is Brandon Staley going to be the future blueprint when you are hiring an NFL coach? I think so. I think this is actually going to be the way of the NFL, and I think we're going to see these types of situations play out a lot more common. I think we kind of saw it a little bit with Kyler Murray. You know, he had that that injury in I know he was like a game time decision three weeks in a row. And it was either the coach or the owner who said, we're really going to look at the long term. When we look at this situation, we're not going to try and put him out there, potentially injure him just because we want to win now. I think people are finally starting to look at the big picture, especially here with Brandon Staley saying he wants to make sure that Joey Bosa is good, not just this week, next week, but also after he's done playing the game of football. And, you know, to put him out there and, and try and have him go for a, a couple other quarters just to try and win this one week 13 game and, you know, his fifth out of whatever it's going to be 12 seasons. When you really look at it like that, it's much more important to do things like this and, you know, not, not try and risk somebody's health for the long term. So I, I hope that that is what happens and that there are, there are coaches that are going to start to take up this style and as Staley's doing and, and not be, you know, just if they can, if they can walk, throw them in the game and, you know, worry about it 10 years later. 
So the New England Patriots have had a little bit of a Cinderella story this year. I think they've exceeded a lot of expectations. They definitely exceeded my expectations. I came out before the season, predicted they win eight games. Technically, as we speak right now, I'm correct. If they do win against the Bills tonight, I will now be wrong. But I got a little bit of a fun subject to look at because Funhouse tweeted, they quote tweeted a tweet that they sent out on February the 4th. And they wrote, the ingrates on Boston radio are currently determining whether the perfect time would be for the Patriots to dump Bill Belichick. (laughs) Obviously, Bill Belichick has uh, showed himself to be somewhat of a capable coach and general manager this season. Uh, But you know what? I'm I'm never surprised by some of the reaction, especially from Pat's Nation. So let me give you some of the responses to this tweet, shall I? Uh, Joe from Quincy says, BB deserved criticism. Recent drafts were not great. Obviously, they made... Uh, a change this past draft still the best coach ever approaching 70 he can't be the head scout gm head coach dc we are now seeing the spreading of responsibility is paying off i'd still take bb over anyone so okay not a bad one here's a good one paul says i know he's won six super bowls but you really have to wonder if his best days are behind him you always have to think of the future and the pats will eventually have to move on from belichick like it or not uh, I could say go on for minutes, but I'm actually saying nothing or without saying anything. <laughs> say what says hard to say what is Belichick or TB that made the dynasty. TB played with di- now these I got to say these reactions are from today and yesterday. These aren't back from February. OK, okay. Um, with different teammates winning with the Pats and went to the Bucks and didn't miss the beat. I respect Bill, but similar to Jordan in the Bulls. Len says Tom Brady was a complimentary piece on the Patriots first Super Bowl championship. Michael Jordan was never that guy, but Brady is another situation and he probably doesn't realize that potential as well as he has been coached. And then nowhere man says, in all fairness, this same group would be having this same discussion this morning, even after he won his sixth Super Bowl. (laughs) So obviously there's still people out there criticizing Bill Belichick. There's still questions about the dynasty after we've watched what Bill Belichick has been able to do this year with Mac Jones and a, a group of, of new guys. And I'm not going to say ragtag because a lot of them have a lot of talent, especially those free agents and those draft picks. But has the time come Connor? Is it time for people, especially Boston fans and Boston sports fans to stop criticizing Bill Belichick? Absolutely. Especially as the season co- goes on and they continue to have what I think is going to be an extremely successful season with a potential, you know, one seed still not out of the realm of possibilities and AFC East championship. And, you know, heck, why not go all the way to the Super Bowl at this point? And I think Bill Belichick has coached absolutely fantastic the past six weeks. We've seen it time and time again. The other team just has no answer. Whenever we see a team that doesn't have, I don't want to say not a lot of talent, but they're kind of one dimensional. They They go to the same person. They throw to the same guy. You know Bill Belichick's just going to take that person out of the game, and it seems like other coaches just can't get to the level to kind of make the adjustments and to get past that. And We've seen that the past six weeks. I just want to say, too, it's it's awesome right now because this has to make half of Pat's nation so upset who's trying to pick sides. Tom Brady has having a very successful season. Bill Belichick having a very successful season. They've both gone their own separate ways. They're both doing fine. You you know, it, it it was just a good pair, and I, I don't know how, you know, Patriots Nation can't come to that conclusion after what we've seen this year. At what point do people start saying, what's Bill Belichick's record without Brady and Mac Jones? <laughs> uh, probably like yesterday, right? <laughs> that's going to be the next thing. It, that's, that is one of the issues, though. It, it, it won't end. We know that it won't end. It will go to the, the story will just change. Bill Belichick can't win without an elite quarterback. <laughs> but then they'll tell you Mac Jones is an elite.
Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> waste a draft pick. Yeah, waste a draft pick, and then out of, I don't know. It'll probably be they can't win if Brian Hoyer's not the backup, which might actually be true. I don't know what's worse, being the one win Detroit Lions or being the Minnesota Vikings who gave the Detroit Lions their first victory yesterday. Here's <laughs> what I'll tell you. I think that everybody outside of the state of Minneapolis and some spattering of Viking fans across the country, and I will throw out my father-in-law, who got a lot of text messages from me yesterday after that game. I think that every NFL fan was cheering for the Lions to win yesterday. I think that we've all yeah, been I waiting was. for it. However, it came at a cost. Adam Schefter tweeted out today, Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen suffered a high ankle sprain during uh, today's loss at Detroit per source. He will undergo further testing Monday to determine how much time he'll be missing. Vikings have a short week. Uh, with a Thursday night game versus the Steelers. Now, David J. Chow, who you might know as the pro football doctor, tweeted out during the game, indeed, replay confirms left high ankle sprain for Adam Thielen, unlikely to return for the Vikings game, worse uh, than what Kyler Murray recently uh, suffered or detailed at first. And then he quote tweeted, matches our in-game thoughts likely out for Thursday. So what I want to get into now is with the injury, with basically most of your playoff hopes being knocked out yesterday by losing to the lions of all teams. Is it time for the Vikings to give up on their season? Let me give you some of the reaction from yep. Twitter and then I'll, I'll put the question to you. So football analyst says he's definitely out Thursday. Let's hope he can play the following Monday in Chicago. Uh, or if he wants to take the season off, let him we're done regardless. Edwin says, sit him rest for the season. It's already over. Anyways, not a lot of optimism. It seems in in Minnesota right now. Rob says, just rest them for the rest of the season. It's not like there's anything to play for anyways. MVP season KD says, Justin Jefferson show now. And I really love that Justin Jefferson kid. He is so good. And then Vinny just says, Vikings coming up short. So obviously there is no faith in Minnesota that they're going to make the playoffs. Again, a gut punch when they lose to Detroit yesterday. With feeling out, short week, Steelers coming off a win against Baltimore. I mean, it's your come one's coming off an emotional loss, one's coming off an emotional win. It could really set up some ugly football. But if you're the Vikings, I know they're not going to, but if you're a Vikings fan, is it time to pack up shop? It's on to Christmas and we'll see you in 2022. Yeah, I mean, I think that was the nail in the coffin yesterday when they lost to the Lions on the last play of the game. I mean, they were already struggling to stay in playoff contention. It didn't look like they had all that great of a chance. And I think we're going to see Thursday night two teams that are trending in much different directions. I think the Steelers are finally starting to show some signs of life again. Being the Ravens, I think they're kind of on the upward trajectory. I think the Vikings are on their downward trajectory. You know, that it was just a terrible way to lose, and they've lost that way a bunch of times this season. I, I really don't see them, you know, turning it around because they're going to need to win. I mean, whatever it might be, four of the last five, five of the last five, they're in a similar spot as the Patriots were at this time last season when we were trying to figure out a path for the Patriots to still make the playoffs. I see that's where the Vikings are right now, and I think it's 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 not it, nothing's impossible until it truly is, but it's, it's very unlikely that the Vikings are, are going to do anything this year. So you kind of got to start thinking about next season. You know, do you really want to push Adam Thielen, one of your star wide receivers? I know Dalvin Cook's hurt right now, you know. These are your guys that are that are the the future of the team. And if you're just going to throw good money after bad right now, you, you might want to just pack it up and worry about 2022. Yeah, and let's talk about another team doing math right now. But before we do that, I do got to give a big shout out here. Every Monday you come on, and almost every Monday you represent the Deer Pats Nation gear, and I love it. Thank you. Every time. Every time. Deer Pats Nation for life. 
I appreciate it. Even though it doesn't exist, and I wore my Deer Pass Station, <laughs> I wore my sweatshirt on the weekend too. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, very nice material. If people still want to go out there and get them, yeah, they're not available right now. But I <laughs> maybe I'll do a throwback and make the Deer yeah, Pass Station throw, stuff throw it back for Christmas. But uh, I, I I always appreciate the love, Connor, and I appreciate you being my my Monday co-host. That, that that's what I appreciate the most. All right, let's talk about another team that's playing math right now. Okay. On November 1st, the Miami Dolphins were a 1-7 team. On December 5th, they're a 6-7 team. They're coming off five straight wins. And this was me just kind of thinking about the stay and recognizing this. I'm sure – no, I'm not. I'm sure every a lot of different people are talking about it. But the Dolphins have qu- kind of quietly won five in a row. Like, nobody's really paying attention to them. And I'm wondering if they could actually be a playoff team. When you consider the schedule they got coming up, I think they have the Texans, the Jets – and the the Titans before they finish off the season against the Patriots. So you're talking about almost looks like three wins or should be three wins. And the Patriots are in Miami and crazy stuff happens when the Patriots and the Dolphins play in Miami. This is possibly a 10-win team. Here's the reaction that came out today. Uh, Alex says, everyone is so focused on the Bills and not realizing that the Dolphins are making a very strong push. The Mac Jones season says, Yes, they've got a layup after layup until they finish with the Patriots. Hopefully, Week 18 is a meaningless game for New England. Uh, if they win out, they'll get in. Uh, the Sun Centennial says a five-game win streak is now putting the Dolphins back in the AFC playoff conversation, which, Connor, if you would have told me two weeks ago that the Dolphins were in a playoff conversation, I would have told you you were crazy and there was no way that this is going to happen. Right. Uh, Izzy says, I mean, other than the Ravens game, they beat some really trash teams, which I always hate that argument because you can't pick the schedule. And, of course, uh, New England Patriot fans are well aware of that because that's what's been saying a lot about the Patriots. Who have they beat? Uh, which is why a lot of people are hoping that they can beat the Buffalo Bills to prove that they have a team and i this has to be a troll i'm not sure but i included it in there gould says dolphins winning the afc east um that's just yeah so (laughs) anyways connor let's talk about this for a minute here i know it's a long shot i know it's six and seven i know the dolphins are playing the same game that we played as patriot fans last year well if they win out if they do this if they do that however it may be too little too late but how impressed are you with the dolphins and do you think that they could actually make a push for the playoffs I'm super impressed with the Dolphins. I was actually telling a buddy of mine before, I think the Dolphins are actually one of the hottest teams in football right now, and I don't really want to have to, have to play them if I'm the New England Patriots or if I'm anybody in the league. I mean, they, they've been quietly very good five weeks in a row, and I think they're in – I was saying this before, I think uh, when we talk about the Vikings, they are in a astronomically different spot than the Patriots were last season. The Patriots were reeling. They were kind of getting worse as the season went on. There wasn't a lot of hope. The Dolphins are on an upward trajectory right now. They're as hot as can be. The defense is playing absolutely phenomenal. Tua looks very good. He's moving the football. You know, they have Mike Jacecki. Jalen Waddle looks fantastic. They just got Devontae Parker back. Pretty soon they're going to get Wolf Fuller back. They are pretty stacked on offense, and the defense looks fantastic. Shout out to Flores because he's doing a heck of a job coaching as well. And next to the Patriots, this is the hottest team in football. Yeah, and I'm working on a piece right now for DeanBlundell.com, and I think I finished it off with, if they do make a surge into the playoffs, it's probably a team you don't want to play because momentum means everything in football. 
Absolutely. And that's where this team is right now. They have so much momentum. And if they can just go and keep beating up on, you know, this week's schedule that they do have coming up in the Texans and the Jets and whoever the third game is, you know, they, it's going to be come right down to the wire. I mean, they could be playing for their playoff lives come week 18 and the Patriots could be playing for hopefully the one seed, hopefully the AFC East, something like that. So it could be a very meaningful game week 18. And it's, it's going to be tough. Like you said, crazy things always happen in Miami and they, they, at that point, if they rattle off whatever it will be, eight wins in a row, they're on fire. 15 minutes until a windy kickoff, Connor. Give me your score prediction for tonight. Oh, man. I am going to say 23 to 19, the New England Patriots. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's it for Talking Football with Ray. Thanks a lot to Connor Carney for hanging out with me tonight. You can follow Connor over on Twitter at Connor Commentary. If you like to laugh and talk about the Patriots and the entire NFL, make sure that you go follow Connor and make sure that you tune in here every Monday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time where Connor is my co-host. I'll be back tomorrow at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where I'll be discussing football with my Tuesday night guest co-host, Lawrence Owen from Colts Law and the Believe in Colts podcast. You can find all my content all over the internet. Find me on YouTube, Twitter, Newsbreak, Patreon, all of the podcast networks. That includes Anchor, Spotify, Podcast, or Spotify, <laughs> Apple Podcasts, and, of course, you can find my podcast and my football blogs over at DeanBlundell.com. Make sure you check out both my YouTube channels, football, Talking Football with Ray and NFL News with Ray. Make sure you come check out my exclusive content on the Ray Route Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash Sports. Links are in the threads and descriptions. No matter how you're watching or listening to the show, make sure that you hit that like button. And if you haven't done it already, follow me on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, and subscribe on the podcast. Thanks to my sponsors over at Newsbreak. Make sure that you support the channel and the podcast by downloading the free link that I've left in the description. And make sure you come check out my exclusive content on the Ray Route Patreon page. No matter how you're watching or listening, I appreciate you. Until next time, thank you for tuning in to Talking Football with Ray. And remember, you're all legit, kid. Hey listeners, I'm Christy and I'm Melissa and this is Buried Motives where we dig deep into the details of some of the most gruesome dirtbag murderers. She said she enjoyed hurting things that can't fight back and that is a disturbing view into the mind of a murderer in such a dirtbag. Yeah, that's not even strong enough words. This is totally a recipe for disaster and not to justify whatever is going to happen, but you can totally understand and see how this would be in the works. If you were only to look at what she did later on and not know any of that history, she would appear like off the wall crazy. Oh, 100% because we're not even close to getting to the end yet. But you can just see this pattern and all this kind of stuff developing in her, which is what we're here for. We're digging deep. Join us each Thursday as we unearth the dirt bags that live among us and the motives buried there. Hope you join us as we exhume the truth. 
I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.